So, getting to the federal election campaign and uh, bringing you uh, the stories that we've been told matter to Canadians, uh, we just had a discussion about foreign policy and how it doesn't seem to really register during a federal election campaign very often, uh, at least not to the level of, you know, things like health care and all the rest of those sorts of things that always are topics of discussion. Um, when Canadians were asked about what's important to them during this federal election campaign, one of the things that was very high on the list was climate change. It's on the minds of a lot of Canadians. What are all the governments doing in terms of dealing with the changing climate? And as we know, um, all the parties have basically come together with some sort of platform, some sort of discussion around this. Um, So what we're going to do here is talk about what they're talking about doing, not necessarily in terms of stopping climate change, but um, how, how would they, how would they encourage Canadians to adapt to what's already happened, which is an interesting discussion. We've had it a few times uh, in terms of the drought that we saw this summer and the wildfires and things like that. Okay, how do we make ourselves better positioned to deal with some of the things that we're now facing? So we're going to have a discussion with Robin Edger, who is the National Director of Climate Change for the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Robin, thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, Shay. Now, before we get into the election component of this, first of all, I didn't know the Insurance Bureau of Canada had a national director on climate change, but it makes perfect sense. Just um, give us an idea of what you do in your role. I imagine this is a major consideration for insurance companies. It really is. I mean, annual insured losses in Canada last year were $2.4 billion from severe weather alone, which is about six times higher than it was in the 80s or 90s. And, you know, as as you mentioned, climate change is only getting worse. We can only imagine where those numbers would go. So even beyond just good corporate citizenship, um, because severe weather from climate change impacts insurers' bottom lines so um, directly, um, they're incentivized to, to um, deal with the issue and help governments deal with the issue. And that's why, frankly, insurers have been ringing the alarm bells about climate change for decades. Yeah, exactly. It affects you, uh, the bottom line, in a big, big way. And, and you're right. You know, when we talk about wildfires and floods and all those sorts of things. Those, those When we always talk about the most expensive um, insurance incidents in our country's history, that's always what it is. It's always something natural that's done it. You know, Fort McMurray fire, things like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And we've we've seen, I mean, summer after summer, we've seen these kinds of events. Obviously, uh, it's become quite acute this summer in B.C. with all the wildfires. And, you know, we saw in Lytton, uh, the, the town beat Canada's previous heat record by four degrees, which climate scientists say is a one in 1,000 year event that couldn't happen but for climate change. And of course, after beating the record, it beat the record the next day, beat the record the day after yeah. that, and then burned to the ground the day after that. So, so yeah, the, the impacts uh, happen every summer. And I, I know, you know, being in Edmonton and being as close to Fort Mac as you are, uh, you and your listeners don't need to be told that. No, exactly. Yeah. So let's take a look at what we're hearing on the campaign trail from, uh, well, at least we'll do the big three. We'll see how much time we have. But when we talk about what they're doing in terms of adaptation policies, we always hear a lot of talk about mitigation and, and carbon taxes and all the rest of that sort of stuff. And um, in a lot of ways, people are saying we need to focus more on adaptation at the same time, at least. That needs to be a common discussion. So uh, let's start with the Liberal Party. Are we hearing a lot of them in terms of this is what we're going to do to deal with the reality that we're living in now? You know, certainly more than we've ever heard before. As you say, adaptation has sort of always been the poor cousin in the the relationship with mitigation. But we saw just last week the Liberals announced that they're going to expand their home retrofit program that right now um, homeowners can use to access funds in order to make their homes more energy efficient. Uh, Now they'll be able to access those funds in order to make their homes more uh, climate resilient. So that's a big step. 
Um, they've also announced that if reelected, they would institute a home rating system where, you know, right now you can have an inspector come into your home, uh, do an EnerGuide rating, where again, they would be rating the energy efficiency of your home and then giving you um, certain steps that you can take to make your home more energy efficient. With this program, it, it would be a similar program, but for climate adaptation. So, um, you know, they would look at your home and then at the end, depending on where you are geographically and what um, perils you're exposed to, they would be giving you steps you can take to reduce um, your exposure to flooding or wildfires. Or any- This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. The other impacts. Okay, all right. NDP, I know they're really big on, on the mitigation side, really big, but I can't think of anything they've talked about in terms of adaptation. I, I haven't seen anything yet that, uh, you know, we're still only uh, early on in the campaign, so perhaps they're going to be rolling something out. But yeah, as of right now, I haven't seen anything yet in their platform. Yeah, and when we take a look at the Conservatives, we know that um, th- there were some issues with them around climate change, and they not all the parties on board to the same extent. But the leader is coming out and talking a lot about climate change. I think he recognizes it is important to Canadians. And, you know, he takes a look at that polling and says, you know, okay, Canadians say this is an important election issue. We need to be on board. So, So what are they doing in terms of adaptation? What have they brought forward so far? So in their policy platform, they've brought forward the idea of a national disaster resilience advisor. So that would be somebody who would play a central role in terms of um, organizing all kinds of actions within government to focus on uh, and deal with climate-related disasters. So right now, you know, uh, this is an issue that cuts across many departments. Some departments focus more on disaster response. Some focus more on climate adaptation resilience. Um, this would be a person in office who would coordinate all that action and get everybody pulling in the same direction. So we, we think that would be important. Um, and I think just as important, particularly as the polls have narrowed, is that in their policy platform, they have, uh, they've said that they will do a number of things that the federal liberal government has already done. So from our point of view, obviously that um, de-risks the, the uh, political environment in the sense that actions like a uh, national action plan on flooding, a national adaptation strategy based on measurable targets, um, taking an adaptation lens to infrastructure spending just to make sure that we're not spending on infrastructure that will then be you know, washed away in floods in a few years. Um, those, those are actions that have already been taken by the federal liberal government and that the conservatives in their platform have said that they'll, um, undertake as well. So when we talk about these adaptation policies and things like that, is it relatively new? Is this the first election campaign where this has become something that the parties are paying attention to, realizing that, um, it's having a dramatic impact every year in this country now and they need to have some sort of framework around how to handle it? 
Absolutely. I, I don't recall in my lifetime ever seeing adaptation measures um, fronted in policy platforms. I mean, even as recently as, as the 2019 election. So, you know, I think it's become clear as, you know, the planet's already warmed one degree and Canada's actually warmed two degrees and northern Canada's warmed three degrees. And, you know, as we spoke about, the, the impacts of climate change are such now that I think most people recognize it as a today problem. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I think in the past, we only spoke about it as a future issue. And the parties are responding to that, and they're responding to to voters' needs in that regard. Excellent stuff. Thanks very much, Robin. Appreciate it. Thanks, Shay. Yeah, thank you for joining us. That is Robin Edger, who is the National Director of Climate Change for the Insurance Bureau of Canada.